Emmanuel, and I'm going to be sharing the word with you shortly, and I hope you guys are ready to receive. Are you guys ready to receive? Yeah? Great. If you guys are ready to receive, turn with me to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through to 41. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through to 41. If you're there, say aye. If you're not there, say hold on. If you're not going to say anything, say hold on. All right, we got there in the end. All right, cool. Mark chapter 4, and as per usual, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Verse 35. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. Verse 36. Now, when they had left the multitude, they, t- um, they took him along, sorry, along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat on into the boat, and so what's wrong with me today? And the waves beat into the boat, and so that it was already filling. Verse thirty-eight. But he was in the stern, asleep, on a pillow. And they awoke him, and he said to him, "Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing?" Verse thirty-nine. And he arose and rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, "Peace, be still." Someone say, "Peace, be still." And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. And they said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Blessed be the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you this morning for an opportunity to share your word. I thank you this morning that I can gather with my fellow brothers and sisters, that we can read from your word and learn from your word. And I pray that our hearts and our minds will be open to receive, to cleave, to learn, and to live out what your holy word wants to teach us today in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Peace be still. He was in the stern. Jesus was asleep. Peace be still. Do you not care that we are perishing? And we've all entered the year 2022. 2022. As we've entered this year, for some of us, we've set our goals. Anyone set goals for 2022? Uh, Anyone just said, I'm just going to leave it open? Anyone said, wherever the Lord takes me, he takes me? All right, cool. 2022. And as we set the year out for 2022, you hear all these things. New mindset, new beginnings, new goals, new clothes, new hairline, new smile. New ways of winning, dead with the old mindsets. But how many of you guys would know that it becomes very, very true that sometimes the old mindsets and the old ways of being begin to creep in, right? The things that you thought you left in December follow you into the 15th of January and the 16th and so on and so forth. And it begins to kind of catch up with you. And how many of us believe that old habits truly die hard? These habits die hard. Jesus is asking them like, Oh, you guys of little faith. And they marveled and, and they were surprised, but they were also fearful, like, wow, this man, Jesus, could do this in a boat. And I share this with you to say that there is something significant about life when you're going through particular challenges. And for us to have make this year not the best year, but make this year a better year, make this year a significant year, make this year a year that we can truly be people that are willing to live for God wholeheartedly. 
I've entitled this sermon S-O-S. S-O-S. Some of you might say, why did I entitle this sermon S-O-S? I remember looking at this S-O-S. We've heard it in songs. We've seen it in movies. But why did I entitle this S-O-S? S-O-S traditionally means save our ship. In a time of need, when people are lost at sea, save our ship. S-O-S, we need help. We need help. Somebody who's going to come and help us. We need help. And truth be told, in 2022, there's going to be many times we are going to need God's help. We are going to need God's help. Mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, we're going to need God's help. It's very easy to say, God forbid, we're going to go through challenges. And if we don't go through challenges directly, people in and around us are going to go through those challenges. And if we are to help such people, therefore we know that God, we still need God's help. Am I right in saying that? But in SOS, the code is a, sign- is a signal sequence of three dits, three dats, and another three dits, which spells SOS, an expression of save our ship, and probably coined by sailors during a time of distress. See, these people, these disciples are in the boat with Jesus. They're in a time of distress. Lord, I need your help. And to be honest, many of us, even as we started a new year with the old habits trying to creep up on us, many of us said that, yeah, I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to do this more. I'm going to pray more. And, I'm struggling, and guess what we need to say? Lord, I need your help. But today, I want to share with you a few ways with two S's, two O's, and another two S's of what I've taken from SOS and how I believe believe that can be of help to us in 2022 and beyond. Amen? The first one is taken from Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, and I've entitled this point, Scripture. This S stands for scripture. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that it is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Your ways become prosperous, and you will have good success when you meditate on what? The word, day and night. Scripture. If you ever wonder why sometimes we're, we're in times of distress, I always say that if you're only praying when you're in trouble, then you're in trouble. And we need to be people that are in God's word. Make it a daily habit. Don't make it a chore. And at times, before it becomes a delight, it must become discipline first. Build that discipline. Build that habit. Scripture. Oh, but I'm in times of trouble. There's times where even I have to look at my own life. Like, Lord, why am I here? And I have to ask myself, have I made God the number one priority in my life? Let me be honest. In the season where I'm going through distress, have I made God the number one priority in my life? Jesus slept. Like, do you guys really think while you were sleeping he didn't know that the waves were beating on the boat? Of course he did. But because he knew that God was the number one in his life, he always knew that God has the answer. He always knew that (laughs) this is actually a minor thing. Can you imagine if I was just standing here and I probably saw, maybe some of you guys might be scared, if there was a small ant in the corner just walking around. You might see it. I observe it. I just get on with what we're focused on. But like I've always said, whatever your mind focuses on expands. Still focus on that. How many of you guys have ever been in a place where you're seeing something? Oh, I don't really like that. But the more you stare at it, the more it seems like it's coming towards you. Right? You know what it is coming? You're like, well, relax. Don't focus on the small thing that's not really a problem in your life and focus on your savior. Focus on the solution. Because when you're always focused on a problem, all that happens is the problem begins to expand. The next S I want to share with you guys is to serve. Who will you serve? In 2022, who will you serve? Joshua chapter 24 verse 15 goes as follows. Joshua chapter 24 verse 15. 
And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether, whether the gods in which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of, Amorite, of the Amorites in whom the land you dwell. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I love this. It says, it says the God of the Amorites in the lands in which you dwell. Do you know, the reason why I like this is because one thing I want you to all be aware of is this. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. If we are in the world, this is where we dwell. And unfortunately, at times, where you dwell can be the pressure that makes you want to conform to the very thing you're trying to run from. Where you dwell, whether it's your place of work and the, the work culture, you're like, but if I don't really hang around with my work colleagues, I might not get the, promote and I, the promotion I want because, yeah, like, I need to kind of hang around with them and kind of do like, hey, have one of this, have this, and do that, and do this, and do that. And you're like, yeah, you know, that's not going to hurt. See, that's where you dwell. Like the Amorites, are you going to be like them? But where you dwell, but you have to have that conviction in your heart. As for me and my household, I, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Because when you're willing to understand that, that you will serve the Lord regardless of everything that's happening in and around you, then I'll know where you are truly rooted and where your foundation truly is. Because in this life, things are going to pull you. And we need to know the difference between a good opportunity and a godly opportunity. Because at times, the good opportunities, we're saying, thank God, and God's like, I didn't give that to you. And we need to know the difference between the two. Point number three that I want to share with you is to, oh, observe. Observe. You see, we understand we've looked at scripture to some degree. We've looked at the importance of deciding on who you serve. But the question is, are you going to observe? Observation is very, very key in this life. To be diligent, to observe, to be discerning. We see in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, I love how it puts it here. It says, In the book of the law, the book, in this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. I'll pause there for a moment. I wondered, why did it say the book of the law should not depart from your mouth? Maybe because scripture also reminds us that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the mouth, so out of the heart, the mouth speaks. We, out, of the, the mouth, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Strongly this morning. But you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do accordingly all that is written in it. Are you going to do all that is written in the word? But to do all that's written in the word, you need to be observant of it. What am I, being, what am I trying to say? Are you observing your surroundings? Are you observing your friends? Are you, observe, are you observing your health? Are you, are you observing what's potentially happening in the spiritual realm? Are you observing that the person that you're having an argument with, maybe that's a seed that the enemy planted. And now you've been drawn out or you've been caught in the web of that argument and now you're going back and forth just after you finish praying and fasting. Just after you finish reading your word. Just after you finish preparing your heart to say, you know what, Lord, I'm ready for action. And straight away, as soon as you get on that train, that person that barges into you and now you've caught yourself in a whole argument and you're living in the flesh rather than living in the spirit. Are you willing to observe what's happening in and around you? Because sometimes the fall doesn't come because of the big thing that happens in our life. The fall comes because of the small things that add up to make up the big thing. Are you going to observe? Another thing to be aware of in observing is, it tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Be sober-minded, be vigilant, be vigilant. Why is it important to be sober-minded and be vigilant? 
Because guess what? Even when you're sober-minded and vigilant, your view can still be skewed. Even when you're sober-minded and you're vigilant, you can still get things wrong. Even when you're sober-minded and you're vigilant, you're like, maybe that was the wrong choice I made. How much more so if you allow things to intoxicate your mind and your being to now sway your focus and, and sway your potential future? How much more so? I was listening to a, a little video online yesterday and a guy was speaking and he was talking about tasks and how to maintain your focus. And I shared earlier that whatever your mind focuses on expands, what are you going to focus on? And more and more, I've been trying to live my life through my DND, do not disturb on my phone, you know, nobody above blocking. Everybody must be blocked in that moment in time. And as I was doing that, I, I, he was sharing something that two work colleagues, they were, they were working with some work colleagues and they told some work colleagues, you know, do what you need to do, just make sure you finish the task before the end of the day. And those work colleagues at times might be disturbed. Some people might, hey, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? And the other group, they're just given set tasks, set tasks, and in those set tasks, you're not allowed to disturb those people whatsoever. And what, what the studies began to show was the people that were disturbed during that time were almost, they almost had the level of focus as somebody that was even intoxicated or somebody that has almost been smoking weed to a high extent where they were disillusioned. They're like, well, I can't focus. That was the, almost the level of focusness. And as I began to think of that, like, wow, focus is really, really key. What are you observing? What are you focusing on? Are you sober-minded? Are you vigilant? Are you sharp? Are you discerning? Are you aware? Because if you're not aware, guess what? The enemy doesn't get time off. The enemy doesn't get sick pay. And the enemy doesn't go on holiday. But trust me, the enemy is always finding a way to make you either fall, stumble, or slip up. Stay vigilant. Stay focused. Speak to the neighbor and say, stay observant. I love it. Great. The next one I want to tell you is another O. And this O is obedience. Obedience. We've done the S's in seeing scripture and seeing who you guys are willing to serve. But in this case, obedience. We've looked at how we're going to observe, but obedience. See, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 to 20. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 to 20. It tells us this, verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply. <laughs> I love when it says live and multiply because straight away it reminds me of the book of John 10.10 10, where, where Jesus says, I will give you abundant life, where you will live and multiply. Let me continue reading. His sorry, live and multiply. And what does it tell us? It says, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land in which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away that you, sorry, that you, so that you do not hear and you are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I'll pause there for a moment. The reason I want to pause there for a moment, it says, but if your heart will turn away, if your heart will turn away, and as I was reading that, I was thinking, why heart? Why not head? Why not your ears? Why not something catch your attention? If your heart will turn away, which means we need to be aware of what's in our heart. And at times, what's in our heart might be bigger than the one that we call holy. But God, I really desire this. God, I really de desire this job or this position or, or, or this marriage or this relationship. Your heart. 
What happens if your heart, the very thing that you may desire, may pull you away from the very thing that God has called you to do and be? Obedience. We may need to ask ourselves the question if what is in our heart we've actually made an idol out of. Because I love the way it puts it there. Where, where, where we begin to see more and more, it says, is drawn away and you worship other gods and serve them. And we might read that in the Old Testament, like, oh, the other gods may be what these people used to do. But what about the gods that we have in this day and age? The gods of social media, positions, power, false authority. These gods, yeah, but I must have this. We wake up and that's the first thing on our mind. Anything that's the first thing on your mind beyond Jesus might become an idol in our lives, I dare say. And we must be aware of these gods, these small gods, these big gods, these false gods that we are choosing to worship and serve. Verse 18, and I announce to you this day that you should surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you have which you have crossed over to the Jordan to go in and possess. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. I'll pause for a moment. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. And as I was reading that for myself, I started thinking of legacy. Because I've come to believe that the true life is not only lived out by what you do, but the things that are lived out through you. The people that you meet. Your children and your family. We have a great tradition in, in my Nigerian culture. They, even I believe there's some things that we can work on. Sometimes they, yeah, you want to d- disgrace me. <laughs> see, some of us that, <laughs> and we, we see that in our culture because they're like, this is legacy. Everything I build and do to do through you, you're meant to carry out so that you can continue to do it. We see that even in countries and monarchies and royal families. That might be a conversation for another time. But what I'm trying to state in that is that at times they're trying to be selective with what you're going to do, who you may want to marry, how you want to live, the posture you want to have, the character that you need to, to maintain. Why? Because they want you to maintain and carry out that legacy. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Verse 20. That you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice. His voice. That you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days. And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. Choose life. Choose life. As I was reading that, three things stood out to me. Love, walk, and keep. Love the Lord your God, as it tells us in verse 16. Walk in his ways, as it tells us in verse 16. Keep his commandments. But it started with love. Therefore, everything that we're going to be going through in life, the things that we're going to be challenged by, is always going to test to see what we really love, what we're really committed to. Because sometimes what we really love is going to be tested when nobody sees. What we really love is going to be tested when even what we love doesn't seem to give us the joy and the results that we may want to feel in a particular time or season. And that's going to truly show us what we are obedient in. Let's see what it tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 to 23. In Samuel, it says, verse 22, it says, He has the Lord as great delight in burnt offering. Sorry, sorry. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? As in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed 
<laughs> than fat of rams. But here's something that really triggered me. I used to stop there. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I always tell it to myself. Whenever I'm about to do something silly or I'm thinking something silly, I'm like, hey, manual, <laughs> pause. Obedience is better than sacrifice. But this is what hit me when I decided to go into further study of this. Look what verse 23 says. It's the biggest shade and the biggest, biggest slap in the face that I felt this morning. You know those Holy Spirit slaps? Has anyone ever felt a Holy Spirit slap? Yeah, I felt that one when I was reading this. Look what it tells us in verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Your rebellion. When you know what to do, what is right and righteous. What you know to do, what is right in line with God. Your rebellion is that witchcraft. So imagine if I said you're a witch or a wizard. How would you feel? It's like, well, don't call me that. No, that's not me. No, some of us will be doing stuff like this. But it's not, your rebellion is as sin of witchcraft. Your stubbornness is as iniquity or idolatry. Ooh, idolatry. Your stubbornness. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I have to have this. I need to do this. This is what I need to do and this is what I need to have. Yeah, you're stubborn because you need to do it by any means necessary because that's your idol. That's your real God. And you've just revealed it to every single one of us. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Being king. He's rejected you from the place and your purpose and your alignment for your assignment. He's rejected you. But I gave you this. Are you not worthy? Let me take it back and give it to somebody else. Yeah, but God, that's not loving. And you, what you're doing is. Yeah, but God, you said you love me. But what you're doing is. Yeah, but God, how come you're not there for me? Have you been picking up your word because I've been telling you what to do all this time? And this are, these are important things if we're to truly walk in faith, if we're to truly trust God, and if we're to truly believe in who he has called us to be. The next point I want to quickly share with you guys is this, as we looked at the O's and back to the S's, is the Spirit, and in this case, the Holy Spirit. John 14 verse 26 tells us, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. Bring to your remembrance. How would you remember unless you have read? How would you remember unless you have meditated? How would you remember unless you've been vigilant? How would you remember unless you've had the right posture? How would you remember unless you've walked in obedience? How would you remember the Holy Spirit is your helper? SOS, I need help. The Holy Spirit. Lord, what do I need to do? The Holy Spirit. Maybe before you call your friends, maybe you need to call the Holy Spirit. Maybe before you go on social media or you go on Google search, you need to call on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your helper. And another thing I want you to be aware in looking at the O's is accountability. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 14 tells us this. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So what happens if your safety is more based around the people around you rather than what you can do? What happens if your safety is in the people that are walking in wisdom as Pastor Kay shared with us last week rather than what you think in the wisdom of yourself? Because we learned last week there are two wisdoms. There's a heavenly wisdom and there's an earthly one. And at times when our heart's desires are really pulling us, I really need that bay, I really need that job, I really need this career, I really need this position, I really need to do this. Guess what? At times we may, we may choose to take shortcuts in order to get it. But it tells us whether it's wise counsel their safety. Yo, bro, I know you want to go in, but just wait. No, I need to pause. Yeah, but come on, man, I, I can do it. Wait, it's not your time. Pause. Be patient. As I say, when emotions rise, intellect drops. 
And sometimes your wise counsel around you will help you be sober-minded even when you can't. Being still. And the next point I want to say in the S is stillness. Or in this case, be still. Be still. Psalms 46, verse 10. Psalms 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The reason why I love this, because it says I'll be exalted amongst the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Which means if we are in a nation and we are in the earth, God is reminding us that even when the earth and the nation seems to be in chaos, understand that God is still exalted. Even in the mess that we may be seeing in the media, God is still exalted. Are you going to be still and know that he is God? And I want us to all remember this. Know that stillness is not the same as stagnant. Know that stillness is not the same as stagnant. Oh, but how can you not rush your call, man? Everyone's rushing to do this. No, no, no. I know my time. And unfortunately, at times in 2022, we're rushing to achieve this, rushing to achieve that. But you need to be still and know that he is God. Another one I want to share with you in being still was taken from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. It says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love this scripture. Many of us have heard this many, many times. And I shared this in a sermon. I think I called it the waiting game about two years two or three years ago. And I remember going through and doing a breakdown of this, and I'll share it again for those that didn't, um, that didn't get the privilege to hear that sermon in that time. As I was looking at this, it tells us in the beginning of this in verse 31, it says, but those who wait on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord. And the Hebrew word for, the Hebrew word for wait there is kavar. Kavar is, can be used as to bind, to endure, to, to twist. And I was thinking of it, I was like, okay, but, how does that correlate with what I'm reading here? How does the word to bind together or to twist? How does, what is the binding connected to the waiting? And this is why I tell people in this SOS, when we go back to scripture, at times we read the Bible flat and there's so many layers to it. And if we just take time, rather than saying, okay, 30 minutes, let me read my Bible. And you're just calculating it as if you're in the gym. Just take time and just marinate with it. I love what my sister Nappy was doing during the Christmas period. Like she made some amazing Christmas Caribbean breakfast. And there's something that happened that she did. I'll never forget. A few days prior, she was marinated the chicken and I was watching it and just putting it on the back. And if you know me, I like to just prepare food on the day I need to prepare food. But in doing it beforehand, because it was marinated together, the taste was even more juicy. Maybe our life, our Christian life has no flavor because we haven't marinated ourselves in the word. If you can't say amen, please say ouch. Because at times this is what happens. We need to marinate ourselves in the word and maybe the waiting is the marinating. Maybe the waiting is the building, is the tying, is the knotting so that even when the world tries to pull you, you're immovable. Even when the world tries to tempt you, you can't be moved. Even when the world tries to say, come here, you can't be enticed by the temptations or the desires of your heart. Kavar, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Which means even when you feel strong in the Lord, there's even more strength to come because there's going to be future challenges to face. They shall mount up on an eagle's wings. And I was thinking, if I'm binding and an eagle which flies so fast can take off, 
Maybe some of the reasons why we fall is because we haven't equipped ourselves to be bound and wrapped to the eagle. So when the eagle takes off, i.e. where God wants to take you, you don't fall off. You don't fall off. Hey, but God, I got started and, and I fell off. Why did I fall off? Because you wasn't rooted. You didn't wait. You didn't bind. You didn't marinate yourself. And now you've prepared a dish which tastes bland, even though it looks colorful. To bind. You'll run and you'll not grow weary. You'll walk and you'll not faint. And, and in understanding this, uh, it really, really, really did help me to see the importance of being still. Being still. Being still. When you're willing to bind, when you're willing to be still, when you're willing to walk in the spirit, when you're willing to walk in obedience, when you're willing to observe, when you're willing to understand the important things of God as in his scripture and to, and to decide and to choose who you will serve, you would understand an important principle here, which is you will not compromise your convictions in Christ. Because many things are happening in the world. Many things are even happening within our fellow brothers and sisters in the faith. And because at times God may have protected or graced somebody even when they may have fallen into a sin or temptation, that doesn't mean it's okay for you to do the same. But God, I've been waiting and keeping myself in this manner, but I'm seeing this person just like, they fell into sin and they're still blessed and I want the same thing that they want. But you know what? If they can do it, maybe I can do it too. Please remember this. You're free to make the choice you want to make, but you're not always free from the consequences of your choice. Someone might fall into sin and temptation and they fall pregnant. Oh, my days, I've got a baby. Yeah. Glory be to God, we thank God. It's good. Yeah, but God, only if the whole church knew what happened a few months ago because my mind was telling me no, but my body was doing something different. But what happens if, yeah, maybe I can try it this time. It might not be the same for you. The consequences might not be the same. Yeah, but God, this job, that person wants to do it and they want to do this and that to their CV and do that. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. And the moment you do that, you go and get a high-paying job, but you fall into a temptation with somebody on the job. And now your name is all over the news and the papers. See, these are just extreme wild examples. But it doesn't have to be wild and extreme for it to take us off course. But the main thing I want you to understand is please do not compromise your conviction in Christ. Please do not play around with this. I love what it tells us in Galatians 6, 9. Galatians 6, verse 9, 3 to 10 tells us this. It says, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season you shall reap if you do not lose heart. I want to encourage you guys, my brothers and sisters here, that you're like, you know what? I really, really try to stay diligent for God. I really try to maintain a heart and a mindset of integrity. I really try to do things the way God wants me to do it, but I don't seem to be getting the results. It says, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Do not grow weary in doing good for in due season. And here's the painful part, the due season. You know why? Because it doesn't tell us the date. We just know it's in a season, which means it's in one of the four seasons, which means even if we did rock, paper, scissors, we'll never get it. <laughs> even if we did a Rubik's Cube, we may never know it. It's in a due season. But we do know that the season is due. Do you know what it feels like at times? It's like driving to somebody's house and your phone dies and you're using it as a sat-nav. And you knew the distance, but you don't know the distance. And now you're in traffic or you went the wrong way and now you're back on the road, but you don't know how far the distance is. You know how bad that feeling is? That feeling's bad when you don't know the distance because the journey feels longer because your mind is constantly ticking. But when you know it's three hours, you can now process it. You can play some music, go on the phone, you can process the three hours. But when you don't know, the pain is wrenching. Those who wait on the Lord, binding, binding. Fill yourself with the word. Fill yourself with people of God. Have wise counsel. 
decide to stay who you serve. I love how Ruth said it. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. She decided, regardless of what happened in her past, regardless of what happens in, in 2021, decide. Decide and stick to the decision to honor God with your mind, with your body, with your soul, with your whole being. But I love what it tells us in the latter part in verse 10. It says, therefore, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are in the household of the faith. Maybe an offense you've been carrying. Maybe somebody that's hurt you in the faith. A friend, a brother, sister. Maybe me, a pastor. They've hurt you. But do not allow such hurt to hold you back to remain in a year that we've already left behind. Because sometimes maybe the things that we're holding on to of the past is what's making our season to remain due. And that's what leaves it overdue. It's overdue. And you're going back there to drink expired milk that you should have thrown out. It's overdue. It's past its sell-by date. And in doing that, as I close, I wanted to go back to sharing what I shared with you right in the beginning of the message, which was taken from Mark chapter 4, verse 35, 3 to 41. As it says, on the same day, in that e when the evening had come, and they said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Let's go over to the other side. And when we're crossing over to the other side, we get in a boat. And as we're getting in a boat to get over to the other side, <laughs> we realize that, yeah, I want to press on. I'm going to change. I'm going to kill these old habits. But we must remember that old habits die hard. Yeah, but I'm struggling with sin or fornication. I'm struggling with telling the truth. I'm struggling, yeah. Trying to get over to the other side, you can have obstacles. Anything worth having doesn't always come easy, even though I've been making jokes online and saying 2022, soft life. I've been making that joke like, Lord, let's just this year be smooth sailing. But even the very thing that is an obstacle can be your blessing. The very wind that's being across the boat is going to push you to the other side. The very pain or the temporary pain or season you're going through is to press you in order to reading and praying and kneeling and seeking God's face. Because Jesus said something. He said, peace, be still. Peace, be still. In our time, in our season, when we're going through all this and that and the other, you might need to speak to the problem and say, peace, be still. Might even need to speak to your children. Hey, peace, be still. Huh? Mommy, daddy, what? You heard me. Be still. Speak to the problem. Speak with authority. Trust in God. Because if we don't, we might end up like a story which is still inconclusive of a guy called Captain Edwin John Smith. Anyone know of Captain Edwin John Smith? We've watched the movie, but there's been many stories about him. And I'm going to share one or two narratives about this man. Mr. Edwin John Smith was the captain of the Titanic. The first four days of the voyage had passed without incident. But on the 14th of April, 1912, the Titanic radio operator received six messages from other ships warning of drifting ice, which passengers on the Titanic had begun to notice during the afternoon. Although the crew had, gone, had been aware of the ice in the vicinity, they did not reduce the speed of the ship, but continued 22 knots, which is 41 kilometers, 25 miles per hour. Only two knots of its maximum speed. The Titanic was in high speed in the waters, which there was ice had been reported, and later, um, been, sorry, which the ice had been reported, 
that had been hitting various other ships. But what was interesting here about what, about what was happening here is this. There's been many narratives and many conclusions about what Captain Smith chose to do in that time. And I know we've seen the movie Titanic and mo most of us are wondering why Leonardo DiCaprio didn't get on the board because there was space for two, but that's a story for another time. But what, began to, what I've realized here was this. If the story is true that he was a man that even when there were warning signs, slow down, there's ice. Many people believed in that time. Now, now this is the Titanic. Ice, I'm going to break through that. Full speed ahead. Some of us say, all gas, no brakes. But to do all gas, no brakes is to not walk in wisdom. And at times there are warning signs. And God is like, put your foot on the brakes. And God, I put my foot on the brakes. Yeah, be still. I'm being still. Okay, turn around. What? Well, turn. God, I've told everybody this is my goal. God, I've told everybody this is my plan. God, I've told everybody this is the direction I'm going in. Stop, be still. Because you're about to have a full-blown collision with an iceberg that's going to sink a ship that is expensive, costly, and there are also passengers. Your life is not your own. And there may be passengers in your life. Those passengers may be children, a spouse, family members, or even people that look up to you. Paul put it this way, follow me as I follow Christ. And be truthful. Some people are not fully reading the word, but they're following the word through you. But because of the lack of walking in obedience, of reading the scripture, of choosing this day who you would serve, if this story be true, <laughs> that it took the, the, the Titanic two hours to sink. Why? Because at times, during those periods of times, they were rushing to make sure that the Titanic got to its destination in time. Because all these other wonderful ships that were doing it, they were getting there on time. And you know what? If they're getting there on time, we need to get there as well. But there's icebergs. We need to slow down. We need to change course. No, 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 no. Full steam ahead. Let's go. Let's make it happen. If that be true, if that story be true, then you've allowed pride, ignorance, and your ego to blind you, to stop you, and to break you. And knowing that the enemy has placed these obstacles there, to consume you but thanks be to God that when they cried out to him SOS Lord help me peace be still the Lord is there please do not enter 2022 rushing please do not allow 2022 to be where your goals is your idol and not God Please do not allow 2022 to be a race where you're comparing it to other people. But be focused on God's grace because he has truly finished the race. And he told us, regardless of the outcome, that even if the world were to stop today, he already said it, the three words that we need. I started with three letters. Jesus gave us three words. It is finished. Let's bow our heads and pray. And as you're bowing your head, I want to just quickly pray. As Pastor Kay shared last week, for wisdom, for guidance, for obedience over your life. And I'm not going to ask anybody to come up and stand, but I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in acknowledgement over this prayer 
that God, you know what, for SOS in this season, in this period of my life, I want to walk in obedience. I want to be a person that's consistent in my scriptures. I want to continue walking that decision to decide that you are my God and I'm going to worship you and honor you. I'm going to be observant. I want to have discernment. I want to be able to be a person that will be still and be in line with the spirit. If that's you today, raise your hand. I want to pray with you. I'm not going to call you out. I want to just quickly pray with you. Say, yeah, I want that. I want to have a fruitful 2022. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, even if you're online, raise your hand in your home. Remember, God is with you there. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you, O God, for these hands that have been raised, that rather to walk in pride and do it in our own strength, we raise our hands to you to say, Lord, help us. Help my unbelief. Lord, remove pride, remove iniquity, remove fear, remove greed, remove ignorance from my life, O God. Renew my mind. Help me meditate on your word day and night. Help me walk in the spirit. Help me be aligned with your God. Help me observe, oh God, to be observant to the things in and around me. Help me be obedient, for obedience is better than sacrifice, oh God. Bless me, keep me, protect me, oh God, and for all that you have for me in Jesus' name. And as every head is still bowed and every eyes are still closed.